This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you once again from the virtual joint as the time's getting closer for us to actually get back into the pubs. It's a lovely day here today. We decided to take a few days off before we recorded this podcast because uh, I suppose this is called the inevitability. I said it wrong there. Inevitability podcast. I got my tongue twisted there as it's uh, inevitable that we're actually going to be in the playoffs. And my name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here with my chum Dave Lane as we're going to talk about all things inevitable. Aren't we, Laney? How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Um, I, a bit of a weird morning, though, I have to admit. I woke up, and do you know your, 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 app, your iPhone? I assume most people have got iPhones or devices. It gives you a reminder, something that happened on this day or, or, or some sort of randomness um, in the past. And uh, I woke up, and I kind of bleary-eyed, and I picked my phone up to check my, my messages and start the day or whatever. And there was a photograph, and it was at Griffin Park, and there was a... I was taken, the photograph was taken right in front of me and uh, it's a picture of a player and I was looking at him and I was thinking, I've got no idea who this is. And uh, it was like really worrying. I thought, oh my God, this is early onset. You know, I've, I'm, I'm getting dementia now. This is, you know, it's a Brentford player and I, I've got no idea who this is. And I, and I thought, right, okay, come on, concentrate, concentrate. And it was from 2016 and it was like, you know, Adidas kit. And I was going, oh, this, this could be is it Kirschbaum? Is it so, 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 so. And uh, it, I had to ask in the end, I had to reach out for help. In, you know, do you know who it was? No, tell me. It was Lewis McLeod. And I was like, is it Lewis McLeod? And I was like, oh, well, actually, mate, it's not early onset. There's nothing medical, no medical problems if you don't remember or don't recognise Lewis McLeod. And uh, someone said, oh, this is before he put on weight as well. And I was like, okay, this is like the le- lesser fatted Lewis. It's like a rare sighting. So this isn't a knock at Lewis McLeod, to be honest with you. It's just the fact that, you know, it was just like I, I had this strange kind of confusion. And I, then there was a relief like, ah. Oh, would anyone recognise him? So, yeah, there you go. That was my morning for you. Yeah, and it's a bit of a strange one because Lewis McCann was actually with us for, for quite a while, actually. Because, yeah, you know, he seven, joined, he joined us in the... Was it seven years? 
Blimey, because he joined us in that Warburton era. No, it started um, several, several years. Not seven oh, right, seven, years. I was seven. I was thinking, Jesus, I I'm, I'm getting early on set, you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, he was there for quite a while. The, the early um, Warburton era. I don't know if it was, was it when we first came to the championship or was it actually when we were in Division One that he joined us and then he came to us and he was injured and cost us a million pounds yeah. and we sort of gave him a couple of years off because um, he was injured to get over his injury and then he came back and it just still didn't work out. But I'm sure he was with us for at least four years if if not you know maybe even a bit yeah. longer than that you know well, he, had the, he had the famous uh, training ground twig incident twig, where he twig, sort of, twig gate twiggy twig gate yeah and then uh he did come back and he did look great didn't he and he busted his leg or knee at qpr away and he just you know it was not meant to be it's a shame he was a he was a great talent and uh you know i hope he's all right it's just uh, a little insight into my morning anyway i'm sure everyone's fascinated by that yeah, tell you something, I'm absolutely riveted by that one, Lane. I'm sure everybody else is as well. But, <laughs> but anyway, listen, on this podcast today, we've gone, we've, we've shrunk it down. We put it in the washing machine and it's, a, it's quite a tight affair, this one. Like, you know, so we're just going, me and Laney having a little bit of a chin wag. We thought, to be honest with you, there's, there's not a lot to talk about. I mean, there is a lot to talk about, but there's not because, like I said to you, inevitability now we know where we are we know where we stand i know there's a few people that don't want to give up until you know until the cockerels started crowing or whatever happens in these occasions but as far as i'm concerned it's been much easier for me now that i can relax my shoulders and say tell you what we are in the playoffs now i know we're in the playoffs i can now focus on the playoffs and uh, I, 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 I don't have to worry too much about what happens between now and the end of the season because now what is really important is getting our players fit back for the playoffs and actually getting ourselves focused for that playoffs and so that's what um that's what i'm thinking about you know at the moment now and talking about playoffs i thought that you know i'll give everybody out there the dates because you may not have that in your diary because i know a lot of people they don't do the sort of the meticulous planning that some other fans do where you know at the beginning of the season you put in every single date and every single possible combination of date into your diary just to make sure that you don't have a clash with the missus who might be going out and you might find yourself oh no i'm in a situation and i can't find myself going anywhere but the playoff dates are the semi-final the first leg is anywhere between the 17th which i believe is a monday and the 20th of may which is a thursday um and that's the first leg and from what we can understand, because the 17th of May is also the cutoff date for the next level of the pandemic relaxation of the measures. So it's the 17th of May where pubs are going to be allowed to show how to have people inside pubs as well. And there's all sorts of relaxation going on. And there is a belief that also fans are going to be allowed in the stadium um, from that date. Um, in fact, no, it's not a belief. They are going to be allowed in the stadium from that date, from what I can understand, which is good. So we don't know how many fans there will be. So it looks like that we're Brentford are going to be getting themselves ready for fans in the stadium. So whether or not, you know, the rumour we've heard is maybe six and a half thousand, maybe if the government relaxing it a bit more, we might actually even go up to eight thousand or, you know, it'd be great if we can get 10,000, you know, half full stadium. But we shall see how that goes. And the second leg is and also just coming back to that as well we believe the first leg is going to probably round a bit the 17th or the 18th of may and the only reason why is that the 22nd of may which is a saturday is going to be the second leg of the championship semi-final as well so that's going to be the second leg of the championship semi-final it's going to be on the saturday we're going to be also have one first division game on that day as well and the final is saturday the 29th of may and i've already penciled that in my diary from from ages ago because i know that i had somebody bringing up my um team the other day and they asked me for a friendly on the 29th of may and i said i'm sorry 
I cannot do the 29th of May. I'm going to be hopefully very busy on that day. So fingers crossed, I'm going to be hopefully busy on that day. And uh, well, we can fingers crossed actually do what we haven't done in another nine times. Lady, has that made you excited? Yes. <laughs> mm, mixed emotions. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, the in- inevitability of the kind of the way the season's going to, you know, peter out not in automatic promotion is frustrating you know uh, how frustrating um, is you know something we're going to talk about but um, uh, the silver lining is I guess that you know we, we, we will get a chance uh, to see the, the bees at uh, New Griffin Park before the end of the season so uh, um, and and possibly Wembley um, so if, I guess you know if you if we're not going to go up automatically then the best case scenario in that case is to be a there to be physically able to get behind the team and um, hopefully be at, uh, at Wembley to, to to see what no other Brentford fan has, has ever seen before, which is a uh, you know promotion through through the playoffs. So uh, yeah, I mean it is it is a little not. I guess it's not actually clutching at straws, but is it's very silver lining. So yeah, I I, I guess we'd have to like regroup and do something very good against Bournemouth who are, are on fire at the moment. You know, we're, we're inconsistent. We're, we're difficult to beat. It would seem, you know, we've, we've only lost one in, uh, you know, the last 10 or 11 games. So, you know, it's not as if we're being bowled over, but Bournemouth are on a, on a proper roll at the moment. And there's nothing really uh, magical or mysterious about the three teams that are first, second and third at the moment being the strongest over the course of the season, the same ones that got relegated out of the Prem. Um, you know, there's a lot to say for the, the depth of their squads um, and obviously the quality that comes through overall. Uh, we, we've been floundering, I think, for consistency. The, the P&E game was, was incredible um, and we, we hoped that that will just continue, but I guess the uh, the last two games against Millwall, Cardiff, very diff- very very different opposition, very diff- different setup to the way PNE were um, at Deepdale. So you know, I guess the the other silver lining is Bournemouth, who have won an incredible amount of games on the trot. That run's got to end, um, and they play football. Um, you know, we I'm still um, in awe really of how Brentford performed against them at, at uh, the new stadium um, in between Christmas and New Year. That was one of the highlights of my year, just to see how Brentford came back from a goal down. And you know, some of the, some of the best football we've seen this season. Uh, we 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 need we need that again. Um, and I don't I'm not sort of I'm not I'm not sort of you know assuming anything. You know, we I think that Bournemouth's the kind of game that we'll we'll go out and, and play well because we'll be allowed to you know it'd be two teams going toe to toe um Woodgate's not going to go tactically you know defensive that's not that's not how the cherries play so it should be a great game and I wish I wish we were going down there mate yes that would have been great but you know it's one of those things where we're not going to we'll talk about the Bournemouth game a little bit later like I said to you we've got all the usual characters on the show today as well we've got Will the Spreadsheet Winker's going to give us a little bit of stats on the Cardiff game as well we've got JB with his facts and his funk and also we've got Ollie you know from Ollie May from Bournemouth who's going to be giving us the lowdown on Bournemouth but you know just coming back to you know you're talking about Bournemouth Laney and you're talking about um, the playoffs and the league table now the thing about it is the reality is 
and talking about coming out of the blue, Bournemouth were floundering at one stage and it wasn't too long ago, probably not, not even six weeks ago, Bournemouth were 17 points behind us. We were flying, I think we were top of the league, there were 17 points behind us and now I sort of kind of like, I've kind of taken my eyes off the table recently because I just thought there's absolutely no point looking at it. I mean, a lot of people go, no, no, we're going to drop out the players. It's, no, we're not going to drop out the players. We just have to, you know, we just have to just finish the season basically. But I got up this morning and I look at the table and thought, oh God, Bournemouth have gone above us. And as you said, they are. So all of a sudden, Bournemouth are above us. You know, we've dropped down to fifth place, which makes us look like, oh, this is looking, you know, one minute we were first and now we're fifth, which is not a good look when you're talking about current form. But the question I'm going to ask you is that the league table as it is, the six teams who are in the the the, the six, the top six of the league at the moment now, they very much look like they're the six teams who are going to go for the promotion and the playoffs. I'm asking you, what position would you like to finish, Laney? And who would you be liking to play in the semi-final? Uh, truthful answer is I don't care um, as long as we're in it. I mean, I think, you know, for us not to be in it, uh, Reading need to win all their games and we need to get no more than a point. And, you know, that's just, you know, we, we're, we're not a team that's used to losing. So, you know, we, we're not winning enough. Um, who do I, the question was who do I where do I want to finish and who do I want to play? Now I think Bournemouth are going to be the strongest team. Um, I, I think they could they've got everything to be uh, our nemesis because they can go toe to toe with us and they've probably got better players than us uh, as a squad man for man. Um, we need ours to to really shine and for them to be on an off day. So I would save Bournemouth probably to the final. Um, I still like to finish third, if I'm honest with you, because I just think that that's a, an incredible achievement. I, I, I don't think we're uh, any better at home or away. In fact, you could probably say we're stronger away from home. So um, having that as a, a second leg um, in the semi-finals, it isn't an issue to me, whether it's Swansea at home and then Swansea away. I, I, I would quite like to place ones in and beat them but that's that's a probably another risk that's probably not worth taking so probably Barnsley and then people go oh Barnsley they're you know they, they're this that and the other well you know they 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 have beaten us twice at, uh, uh, you know in the last two seasons in games where they they really really pushed us and pressed us and we, we seem to not break them down um, I just think that you know third time we'd be uh, really really you know, prepared for it, and you know they only play one one way. And if they don't do the press and they try and be clever and do something else, then we'll just out football them. So, you know, obviously they're there on merit. Um, take no one for granted. But I'd say, I'd, I'd, however we, however it's um, contrived, I'd, I'd like to play Barnsley first in the semi-finals, home and away. Then probably Bournemouth um, in the final, and then let 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 Bournemouth get rid of Swansea. All right, so interesting. So for me, um, I would very much not like to play Bournemouth in the semi-final because I think over two legs, I just don't want to play them over two legs. So as a result of that, I'm looking at Bournemouth in third place. You know, they're not going to drop back. I mean, they're winning their game, so they're not going to drop back to, you know, they're, they're not going to drop all the way back to sixth place or whatever else it may be unless they have a really horrendous run. So I'm thinking, tell you something, let them, let them have them. Let them have third place, which means that, you know, we might have to draw or even lose against them. We have to sort of contrive, as far as I'm concerned, to try and contrive to get fourth or fifth place to play Swansea because for me I'm just thinking you know two out of form teams sort of playing each other 
we're not losing at the moment now. You know, Swansea are the team that I would like to, you know, to take on at this moment in time and let Bournemouth deal with Barnsley's, you know, who can be hot or it could be cold. I don't know what they're going to be like. So that's for me, it's going to be um, it's for, for what I'd like, take on Swansea. And then obviously, hopefully if we win, you know, we'll take on the Bournemouth or we'll take on the Barnsley, um, you know, again. And I, and I think because we're not losing, it's one of those ones where, you know, if you go to Wembley, it's one game, you keep it tight, you, you have a nick of goal or you go to penalties and then you just get your hands up and just fingers crossed. So that's where I'm thinking at the moment now in my thinking ahead and thinking about how I'm going to now be much more relaxed about the rest of the season because we don't have to worry about winning. So everyone's fretting themselves and frank out and all this nonsense. Forget that for now. Listen, just focus yourselves on the playoffs Focus yourselves on the fact that we're going to have sort of nearly two weeks to get players back into fitness. Josh De Silva, fingers crossed. I know where he's at. Um, Dal's guard, you know, again, not sure where he's at. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, and obviously Rico Henry, you know, who's been on the turf. So maybe, you know, that's where the target's going to be for getting one or two of these players back into fitness to give us an extra boost and hoping we can go into those playoffs on the thumbs up. But anyway, listen, JB... He's the man who's also look. He's looked at. We're a bit disappointed about things, but he's talked. About, he's looked at the back end of the seasons for Brentford along the line, not only this season but in the past. And he's actually said things aren't all that bad. So let's have a listen to JB with his facts and his funk. Hello, Jonathan Burchard here again. The match with Cardiff was our 50th League and Cup game of the season, of which we won 26, drawn 15 and lost 9. Even if we just end up playing the four remaining scheduled lead fixtures, it will be the most games we've played in a season since we returned to the Championship. It was the playoff season of 2012-13 with Uber Rossler, where we last played more, with our Wembley visit that season being game 59. With two draws in the last week, it takes our form in the last seven games to a win and six draws. The previous time we've had a run exactly like that was at the end of the 2005-06 season under Martin Allen, where we also ended up in the playoffs, meeting Swansea at the semi-final stage. We now head into another Saturday lunchtime game. Our form in these fixtures this season has been poor, with defeats at Birmingham and Coventry and draws with Forest, Huddersfield and Millwall. So we've taken just three points from a possible 15, and in these five games have only scored two goals. But this season has only seen us lose seven league matches. Since joining the Football League 101 years ago, we've only had fewer in one single season. So there you go, JB, with his facts and his funk. It's interesting. It's always a reference to Martin Allen there. Because Martin Allen, you know, we didn't quite get over the line with Martin Allen, but to be fair, we, we, we almost got there and there was there was something about those teams, except for that, actually there's one team, which what was which team was it? It was the, uh, there's one team, I don't know, the 2005 team, was it, where we kind of, we actually, that's right, he talked about that, where we limped over the, the finish line, when we were doing really well and then we sold DJ Campbell and we literally limped over the finish line, didn't we? And then we just, we just didn't have any chance in the playoffs that year. I'm really hoping that, that this isn't going to be a, a mirror image of that Martin Allen year. Don't you think so, Lady? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we have talked about this in the past, that, you know, comparing the present to the past. And, uh, you know, it, 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 obviously when you've got a record like ours of losing nine, nine, you know, playoff 
uh, campaigns. You you know you are kind of uh, traumatized at the thought of going into a tenth. Um, but uh, you know it's something we 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 can't we can't be uh, kind of wrapped up in this kind of you know petrified petrified fear of of doing it again. You know there's there's, there's, a, there's every chance it will, but there's also every chance it won't. And this is a very different different team, a different era. And you know it was brilliant to listen to Martin Allen when he came down to the the last social we did a couple of Christmases ago. Um, and he's he's a he's a character that really plays a massive part in our recent recent history. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 something that I, I, well, you go through those players actually. You just said about um, you know hoping Dalsgaard and Henry and uh, um, and uh, De Silva are fit. But it's part. Do you are you kind of assuming that they will be because I, I don't there's no guarantee they will is there you know we, no. might, we might we might have to go through the playoffs and the final with exactly what we got at the moment no I'm actually presuming they're not and this is like this is at the moment now what I've done is I've kind of like you know I've let I've set my barrier very low so anything that happens I'm going to be just like you know like I was after when you heard me in the pub in there for that for that the, the game the other day which was Huddersfield game or whatever it was you know and I was just really happy even though we just didn't get a win you know that's what I want to be where any little thing that happens I'll be like hey so at the moment I'm believing there's going to be no Galtzgaard there's going to be no Rico Henry and there's going to be no Josh De Silva so if even one of them turn up I'm going to be very happy indeed. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it we'll see how it goes. Um, but you know, we do need one, two, or all three of those back. I'd say if we're going to stand a chance, you know, what we've got at the moment, and uh, um, I, I just don't think it's good enough to go up. You know, I, I'm, I'm with you there, mate. I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking for any reason to you know to to pump my veins full of euphoria and um, you know excitement and get fully behind this team I'm, I'm going to support them all the way don't get me wrong you know certainly not going to write it off but you know you have to question you know what we've seen um, I, I don't like this current 11 or whatever you know it's, it's, it's not it's not a promotion team so you know we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes are we a more of a pro- okay I'm going to ask you the question you say we are not a promotion team so are Swansea more of a promotion team than us then? No, they're certainly not. I mean, they're in. They're in utterly, utterly free fall. If we think, you know, our our recent run of draws, you know, pocket full of draws and a win, we think that's bad. Which you know, it's it's not bad. It's it's just not as good as we needed it to be. They they're in proper stinky form. Um, yeah. um Bar- Barnsley, so so. You know, they're they're not winning every every game at the moment. Um, they're, they're 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 there for the taking. It's Bournemouth, but we'll we'll know a lot more about Bournemouth after after the weekend. You know, but- yes. They've won seven on the trot. We won five on the trot earlier in the season. We've had a long, long runs, and we've you know we've been brilliant. So these snapshots um, of amazing sequences they all come to an end, and Bournemouth might come to an end on Saturday. I, I, if I'm a betting man, which I do sometimes, I Bournemouth are massive favourites on Saturday. But yeah. you know we have to go there and go there and surprise ourselves as well as them. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to come to Bournemouth in a little bit. I mean, I'm going to come back to you just quickly on that point, and I'll say that, which is fine, Laney, and I agree with you. But would you have said that Bournemouth are uh, better than us um, two months ago when we were top of the league and they were floundering 17 points behind us? And it's talking about these snapshots as well. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know why we do it to ourselves. You know, 17 points behind uh, at any point of the season, it shows we've been better up to that point. You know, it, the the nine nine month season, 46 game season, the only the only table that's really important is the final one. They're cliches, 
they're they're, they're cliches because they're absolutely true. Um, yeah, I, you know, when we went top, the gap between us and seventh place was was colossal. You never thought that that was gonna <laughs> that was gonna be whittled away, and you know, we'd be looking over our shoulders. And although we're looking over our shoulders a bit, it's not realistic that we're not going to be outside the playoffs unless something catastrophic, you know, catastrophic happens. And that's that's not going to happen. So uh, you know, it's just where it's, it's what we've got left in the tank and where. Um, we need to be putting the effort into, uh, you know, I, I, I honestly think they'll go out and try and win every game. I don't, I don't think there's a, there's a tactical kind of, oh, we'll draw this one and we'll lose this one. You know, <laughs> that's, ne- that's never going to happen. We'll be going to win all of our remaining fixtures. Uh, so would I, no, well, you looked at Bournemouth when they played at Griffin Park, um, new Griffin Park, I keep, keep saying it, um, and they were exceptional. And you, you could see that they were way better than, you know, the, their foot, their league position that came a little bit after that suggested. I think they, you know, they they were struggling, um, and this, they got rid of their manager, didn't they? And then um, they've got they've also got Woodgate in, and he's of, he's he's done a really good job of unifying and 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 getting them to be focused because, you know, they they are one of the strongest teams in this division because they've had four or five years in in the Prem with with a squad full of you know, very good players. They weren't strong enough to survive there, but listen, there's no there's no crime in that. But they were certainly one of the most exciting, one of the most attacking teams, and they had to sell players as well. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's a it's a really juicy game this weekend. Yeah, that's right. And again, I know you keep keep talking about the weekend, lady. But I'm just gonna I'll need to go back first of all and talk about the Cardiff game because we, you know, you must look back to look forward. And this Cardiff game that we played, which was only a couple of days ago. What went wrong, or did anything go wrong, or was it just you know just was it just again we couldn't get over the line? How did you see that game? I'll be one hundred percent honest with you, Bill. Um, I yeah. think I think the players the players will, will let 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 themselves down. Um, I think we created enough chances to to win that game, and I think Marcus Force had a, had a couple of chances where he should have scored, um, and uh, that. That cost us. Pinnock's handball. Did he? Did he have to do that? I know. I know. I know. Shit happens in the heat at the moment. He didn't. Didn't do that on purpose. On purpose. But he did handle the ball. Um, and it was. It was out of nothing, really. You know. It was the, the ball. The ball wasn't going in the net. I don't think. I don't think he had to had to do that. It didn't. It, it was almost like what the hell happened there? It wasn't because he handled it to stop a ball going through to someone. It was. A, it was a certain goal. So. Um, you know, yesterday there was a clamour again, as always. It's predictable now that it's all Thomas Frank's fault, um, and you know someone else will be doing a better job. We we, we talked about that, and we we could talk about it till the cows come home. But you know, he he did change it up for for, for Preston, and it, it worked wonders. And um, it was it was clear that that was going to be the the formation, the setup for the next couple of games. Millwall and Cardiff are very very different beasts. We know that we're going to get a load of men behind the ball and it's going to be a game of very few chances and I'll be honest with you Marcus Force should have scored again um, against Millwall at the weekend and that 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 would have been 1-0 to the Bees and we would have won and you know again if we take our chances yesterday really high chances you know really high quality chances in that in that game the first half in particular against Cardiff we, we need to take two of those if you're going to go up you have to take those two um, and then so we will be looking at 
you know, another four points there. It's, it, it's all very different. So I don't particularly take a lot of pleasure in the second half performance uh, 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 on, on, on Tuesday night. And I think it is lacking in so many areas and I was frustrated and the language coming out of my mouth wasn't something that I was particularly proud of but as soon as, as, soon as the game finished and I, and I looked back at it, it it kind of it wasn't as bad as we, it, we were all frustrated and I think the magnifying glass on not getting three points it, it means that it feels like a defeat even if it isn't because a point really you know you say it's no use to us at this stage but it, 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 it is really you know you know those those six draws we've had um, they've they're the difference between us not being in the playoffs and being in the playoffs ultimately. Uh, again, you know my thoughts on the fact that we're not losing. I'm, I still, you know, think that's a big positive in the fact that we're not losing. So, as far as I'm concerned, like just carry on. I, I think what I'm trying to say to you is that I'm kind of just cool that this season ends on a bit of a positive. But I'm not looking for any rallying call because for me, it's all about the players. But anyway, we've heard your points of view, and I know there's a lot of frustration in your voice there as well, lady. I was very lucky enough to actually have my frustration kind of uh, vented out in the pub again on Tuesday night as we were down the globe. And after the globe, we talked to the fans. And this is what the fans had to say in the pub after the Cardiff match. With the team we got out there, we should be doing a lot better than what we actually are. You know, obviously you could you could look at look at positives and say, right, well we're unbeaten in what six games or seven games, but too many draws for me is definitely what's cost us uh, for automatics. Um, the playoffs now are, are nailed on, I think. But we got Bournemouth on Saturday, and if we play like that against Bournemouth, I think we're going to be really, really in trouble. I think uh, it's been tough with injuries and everything that we've had. We're missing, in my opinion, four key players and any team would do. I think Brentford, in a sense, um, we've had more games than a lot of people since the restart of last year with less time off and, like, it's a tough one. We get De Silva, we get Henry, we get Dalsgaard back. In the playoffs, we can beat anyone. Without them, probably a bit short. Is it a disgrace to finish third or fourth in the championship? I don't think it is, but... It's not a disgrace, but but you know for a fact that we weren't looking to finish third or fourth. We were looking to finish second, and we spent money to finish second, and that expectation is there with the team, with the sponsors, with the fans. And listen, it's great that we're going to finish third or fourth. That's brilliant. But the reality is that we were aiming higher than that. It didn't happen last season. We 100% were going higher this season. It looks like it's not going to happen. Yes, we've been unlucky with injuries and everything like that. But I'm, I'm, I'm sort of less worried about that because basically, like I said this before, I've seen lesser teams um, perform and go up and do the business. I keep talking about West Brom last season. West, no, we're better. Even this season, we're better than we're better than West Brom last season, and we still haven't done what they've done, and it's really frustrating. But is that the thing where? With Brentford right now, like, if you look at us right right now, I would say that all of us, we've seen Brentford in the worst position. It's all managing your expectations of what you say. If you look at Brentford in general right now, Brentford are massively overachieving from what they've done. It's just the expectations that happens when you go top of the championship. And, and you spend a lot of money. Yeah. I feel frustrated as a fan. Uh, and I think they're actually missing the fan support now. I don't know what it is with Brentford at the moment. We get to a certain level and we just don't seem to go beyond. I feel like they've lost their belief, their energy. 
And it's like tonight, I, it was better than Saturday and we actually got a goal. But it's like they look lost at times. So where can we take it from here, Bill? We so badly want him to improve. I'll never give up on the bees, you know that. But when I watch it tonight, we're all sitting here willing them on and willing them to do well. But something's not gelling at the moment. I can't put my finger on what's happened, really, because it's the same players apart from Amasu's Spark and De Silva and Henry. Clearly, they, they are incredibly important players for us. But apart from that, it's the same players, and they're just plodding through games. There's, there's no spark anymore. And I, I, I really don't know what it is that's happened. There, there's no risk in them. It's, all, it's almost as if they're looking at the stats, and uh, I've got to make sure that pass... Goes its man, uh, goes to its man. It's a completed pass for my stats, rather than take the risk and uh, play a quick pass out to someone. It might be a little bit more risky. Stats, stats absolutely have their place in identifying players and identifying strengths and weaknesses in certain teams. But I mean, there's, there's something going wrong at the moment, just with how they're playing the game, and it just, it just seems to me that that they are playing so within themselves. And it's, it's almost that thought of. We just keep knocking it around and something will come and we're, we're waiting for something to happen and we're not taking the risks that we should be taking, especially as you consider the situation that we're in now where we should be, I said this on Saturday, we should be desperate now. You're a bit despondent at the moment now and there's nothing I could do to pick you up, is there? Not really. Uh, no, we, we need to change. So there you have it. A lot of uh, a lot of thoughts, lots of uh, well, resignation, a little bit of disappointment. But listen, we go forth, and you know that was the, the views directly after the match, which I say is always really interesting because you always hear people's views without having a day, twenty four hours or forty eight hours reflection, which is what we're doing at the moment now. So listen, I mean, we're talking about that Cardiff game. Will the spreadsheet winker? He's back. After a little hiatus, he's off. I don't know what he's doing, sort of programming somewhere, somewhere. And he's come back and he's looked at that Cardiff game and he's going to give us the statistical lowdown on Brentford when they played Cardiff. Spreadsheet winker. So another frustrating draw then. But I think this game could very easily have gone completely the other way. In terms of XG, Bees created 1.33 and Cardiff made 1.86, including one superbly taken penalty scored by Kiefer Moore after Ethan Pinnock clumsily handled the ball in the area. And that was 0.77 XG. Without the penalty, our Welsh opponents only created one chance above 0.2 XG, which was the snatch shot from Harry Wilson after a long 67th minute throw into the box was badly defended. We created most of our chances in the first half, Marcus Force shooting tamely at the keeper in the 11th minute, creating 0.35 xG, and Ivan Tony's attempted dink over the Cardiff keeper well saved in the 39th minute. That one was worth 0.25 xG. So here's the thing. Against Preston, we had two chances in very similar positions, from cutbacks, striker shooting with minimal defenders around them because they got in behind, and we scored both of them, going on to win 5-0. Had either of those chances in the Cardiff game gone in, I think we would have won the match, possibly even with the penalty against us. Cardiff are not as fragile defensively as Preston are, so it wouldn't have been quite a 5-0 hammering. But it just goes to show that a game can turn on luck or poor finishing, whichever way you want to look at it. The save Smithies made against Ivan was particularly excellent, with Tony's positioning meaning that it had an XCG expected conceded goals of 0.52. 
Much was made about the frantic pace at which the bees played for most of the game, and this is certainly accurate, with our pressing never going above 3.9 passes per defensive action in the second half. This generated us nearly three times as many shots as in the first half, but the majority of them were low XG and poor chances. In the first half, for contrast, we only had four shots to our 11 in the second half, but we created more than half our XG in the first half. It just goes to show that whilst pressing is a good indicator of your game control, it did not result in clear-cut chances for us here. Indeed, the 69th minute goal scored by Tariq Fosu, which might as well go down as a Smithy's own goal, would only go in one in a hundred times according to XG. Charlie Goode coming on as a Philip Hoffman impersonator in injury time was an interesting throwback, but his 0.2 XG came from one of the worst headers I've ever seen. I, for one, don't want a repeat of that in the future. So there you go, Will, the spreadsheet winker, talking about the Cardiff game. And like you said there, Laney, as he was talking about, you know, the first half, um, interesting point because he said, you know, two big chances at least that we missed there. You know, we had some decent chances. And if we, those chances had gone in, which they should have done because they were high enough in the statistical world, then it could be a different game. Very similar to Preston, where we had a couple of chances, but we put them away. And then after that, it was a bit of a kind of like, you know, I use the word whitewash, but you understand what I'm saying. We actually just roller coasted them. And I think it's very similar to this one where it didn't quite happen. And then all of a sudden, like Cardiff, a very, very organised team. And we just didn't get the results. So again, is it a case that, you know, the players let us down? Is it a case that we're a little bit unlucky? Is it a case that we just can't get quite over the, you know, the line? Is it a case that we haven't quite got the players to unlock where we need to lock? I don't know. There's there's many different factors there. We could talk about it until the cows come home. I don't think there's any more point in talking about it because we've been there and we've seen it and we've done it. But look, that Cardiff game, we uh, the good thing is that it's got our mindset on those playoffs and I know I can put those dates into my diary and I can tell my missus I'm not going to be around on these days because I'm going to be at the playoffs and uh, thank you very much and I'll see you the morning afterwards <laughs> in it lady yeah well yeah I, I guess you can say yeah we've been put out of our misery as as, as you would say <laughs> if you saw a limping dog you would hope it was someone's done going to do the right thing whether that's our automatic promotion chances have been uh, have been put down yeah, and and what I will say, and again, I'm Billy the Bee, glass half full bee, as you know. So I'm always trying to pluck out things which will make people feel a little bit better. And I'm not saying it just because I'm just like this person with complete rose tinted glasses. I say, look at the positives. For me, you go into these games if you ain't losing. We ain't losing at the moment now, you know, which is a good thing. So if you ain't losing, you ain't going to go into the playoffs. Um, you're going to play us positively because you can't, you losing the match, at least you're going to get to penalties. And uh, I know a lot of people say, ah, no, we're not having that. But look, look, you look at Fulham last season. Fulham last season, they came into the back end of this season and they were on a struggle. We were licking our lips. We thought, yeah, can't wait to play Fulham in the final. They're properly struggling, they are. They finally got over the line. They got to the semi-final. They played Cardiff in the semi-final. They won the first match, but the second match, they lost it. But uh, And they came out of it, they were shell-shocked because, to be honest with you, they could have actually been knocked out by Cardiff in the semi-final. And that probably would have done us a few favours, actually. And they managed to get out of that. They went into the final on a bit of a low but boom look at them in the end they got the result they wanted to they hung out for the 117 minutes whatever it was got the lucky goal got the next goal and they won the playoffs so all i'm trying to say is that listen everybody things may be glum now but we need to just get ourselves over the line and the fact we're not losing i think is a good thing anyway yeah and we well, no, look i mean agree underline that look at the league table we've lost seven games all season 
the other the only other team that have only lost seven games all season is Norwich. So you know we haven't we haven't we've we've drawn a lot of games and you know you know my feeling about draws, you know. But this season it showed that I'm not wrong. But there is a there is a you know there there is a worth to them, you know. If you're if we if we would lost if we'd have lost 14 games in that and we drawn a lot, it would have hurt us even more. So you know um, that that they are of some use. So let's not let's not treat a draw like a, a defeat. I don't think that's fair. Absolutely not. So listen, Saturday is a big game. Probably not as big as it would have been a few weeks ago, but still, let's treat it as a big game. We've got Bournemouth on Saturday. It's going to be on Sky Television, 12.30 kickoff. So I'm going to be in the pub again after managed to orchestrate an early kickoff game for, for my team, which is uh, which didn't go down particularly well with the opposition. But I said, I'm sorry, I can't play the afternoon. So I've got a game, like I said, on Saturday morning, and then I've got to straight down the globe to watch a game when we're going to play Bournemouth. But what, what, what's, what's going on with Bournemouth? How come they've been so good recently? We're going to go over to Ollie May, who's going to give us the lowdown on Bournemouth. Hi, Ollie May here. Ollie May Football uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Ollie May on, on YouTube. Uh, AFC Bournemouth fan, of course. Been going to the game since I was uh, about well, two or three, four, uh, with my granddad. Obviously, missing going to the games with him every week and uh, seeing our club play, no matter what league, what form. It's just. Uh, it's, well, missing just seeing the club play um, but obviously you know we're getting used to it now and this season's been different for all many reasons really for everybody obviously but um, seeing our club get relegated in the Premier League was difficult obviously sat in, in lockdown after project restart was difficult and obviously this season the championship hasn't been easy by any stretch of the imagination so many people thought it would be for AFC Bournemouth given the squad and the depth that they had and the quality of players they had um, but it didn't obviously plan out that way we had a good start obviously on the Jason Tindall but it just fell apart, didn't it? Yeah, I think that the worst thing was that players obviously weren't playing for the, for the manager and for the club anymore, which is, is sort of the story of our relegation season. Um, you know, people sort of stopped playing for Eddie Howe and gave up on the club, and I think that was uh, a problem. It started to sort of show deja vu this season. We had a good start, and as soon as things didn't start to go our way, sort of the players gave up and. You know, I think some of the fans gave up hope as well, and it, it was difficult to see. Um, I, I can't really put my uh, put the point on, on where I think it went wrong for uh, Jason Tindall, but like I say, obviously very experienced as as an assistant, but obviously not as a uh, lead manager or, or, or head manager, even as a caretaker. So it was difficult, really, when he sort of got the job and he was put in charge, and as players sort of. Well, started to sort of give up the the idea of playing under him, um, which was difficult. But since Woodgate came in, I've been really impressed. I really have. Uh, I must admit, I, I wasn't over the moon to see him come in. I, I thought there would have been a little bit more to it. I think, you know, given the fact that we were promised big names and some of the best CVs in football, as uh, it was reported to, uh, to local news outlets. And then obviously we got... Uh, Jonathan Woodgate, who was at the club for five days after Tindall was sacked. So it, it, it wasn't by, by all of the stretch of an imagination, sort of a, a perfect appointment that would please all the fans. But I think he's really proved himself. I mean, seven wins in a row going into uh, Saturday is, is unbelievable in any league, um, especially the championship, the up and down sort of championship that it is. And it always has been. Uh, so I've been really impressed with him. Um, obviously, like I say, going into the playoffs, we're, we're pretty much in the playoffs now. I would expect us to to put a real fight into that. Seven wins in a row, the fans are really up for it. I think if we had obviously had this 
run and, and had Woodgate from the start, I, I would probably back us to, to have won the league, um, to be all, in all honesty. But obviously it didn't fall that way. And I think that we are now in a, in a fantastic position going into the playoffs, uh, especially with Swansea sort of dropping points. And obviously Brentford, it's not really sort of as consistent. Um, obviously it looks like Watford and Norwich are up and well, that, that's the story of, of their season. I've been really impressed, by the way, with, with Watford and, uh, and Norwich. They've Both clubs, really, have, have just got the job done. Um, of course, we, we beat them beat them both. But, um, you know, when, when they needed to get points and grind out results and just get over the line, they managed to do that. And obviously, it was former AFC Bournemouth man Dan Gosling that did it for them a, a few days ago. So, you know, I, I've been really impressed with them. And, and I think that's the sort of thing that we needed, some sort of squad depth that, you know, you, you can put them in the team and you know that they will play their absolute heart out for, for 90 minutes plus so that's what I think we, we have missed this season more than anything but you know, I've been really impressed with them too the, the, the team I haven't been impressed with actually is Reading I mean Luca Drow was, was fantastic to start with he looked like one of the best players in, in Europe to start off with and then he just fell off and, and Reading also sort of just fell off a cliff and, and started to sort of lose their momentum a little bit and that's sort of been a disappointment for the league I should think because they were obviously well, front runners and, and, and really in hot form to start with, but you know, I've been really impressed with Watford and, and Norwich, and I think they've got the job, job done now. And well, I think AFC Bournemouth are, are now next favourites up to, to go up after the recent run of form going into the playoffs. But it's going to be difficult, it is going to be difficult. You know, look at the sides around us, it, it's not easy. This league has never been easy. Um, but when you look at the, the, the fact that we've got so many good players, um. You know, in our squad, Dan Juma hitting form. Billing as a number ten has been a godsend. Um, you know, obviously Destelanki's now back fit and back in the goals as well recently. So it's going to be difficult, but I would honestly back us to get uh, get through in, in the playoffs and win it. I really would. Um, but you know, first of all, we've got to get this uh, uh, season done and, and the the base of our games finished at the best level we can. It seems that we're now. Confirmed for the playoffs, of course, after this uh, seven-win winning run, but nothing's ever certain. Of course, you know we want to go in with, with high high spirits and in good form. So against Brentford at the weekend, yeah, the players they've got, Ivan Tony and such, it, it is not going to be easy. Well, they proved that earlier on in the season as well, didn't they? So it's, it's going to be a very difficult game at the weekend. But I think if we can get our form right and go into that game with belief that we can beat anybody, which I think we can on our day. Uh, I think we should get a positive result. Um, like I say, it's been a difficult season for us, but under Woodgate, I do believe now anything is actually possible. And well, It's the club slogan, and it didn't really seem that way over the last couple of years, but I think there's a real good feel-good feel, feel good factor now under Bournemouth and around the, the town that you know we will get back up to the Premier League. And you know, It's not where some should say we should be, but yeah, I think we, we deserve it after... The, the the run that we've turned around this season on and um, like I say if we can get a good result at the weekend as well and really go into the playoffs with you know a, a perfect sort of team spirit and togetherness and uh, solidarity around the club then I, I think we'll be fine and um, you know hopefully fingers crossed we get the results that we like and we'll be back in the Premier League amongst the uh, the 14 clubs that we'd love to battle against as well as the top six the big six as they call it and um well, other 13 clubs, I should say, if we we're in the in the 14. But you know, it's going to be a difficult end to the season. Fingers crossed, we can turn things around uh, in our sort of form. Uh, well, we have turned turned things around in our form. I mean, fingers crossed, we can carry on this this turnaround uh, in form and 
get ourselves back up to the uh, the promised land of the Premier League. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a hard season. It's been a tough season, and I think under Woodgate there is going to still need to be some changes in the summer um, if we are to, uh, to to survive in the Premier League. If we do uh, get back up there, I think we need a better defence to, to, to start with. Um, we've conceded way too many goals this season, um, especially for a club that's you know got the squad depth and the, and the well, the financial sort of layer that we have and the the, the club that's you know, we've got David Brooks that is probably worth about 35 40 million in today's market so with these sorts of players and this sort of squad Lloyd Kelly as well England under 21 in that international um you know we, we should be doing better so the last seven games have been fantastic fingers crossed we can go into the playoffs with this sort of run of form and really make a difference I think we can I believe we can and hopefully I think I think we should get the job job done and be back in the Premier League. Fingers crossed. I should hope so. So that was Ollie May giving us the low down on Bournemouth. And listen, beginning of the season, I think there were favourites to go to, to get promoted. I know actually no, we were favourites to get promoted, but we won't talk about that. But they were right up there, Bournemouth, because the, the you know the players that they had, everyone was raving about them. They had a very good start to the season and they just sort of tailed off. And if you look at them, you know, what are they good at? I mean, they're good at shooting from free kicks, finishing scoring chances, because, of course, they've got quality players, you know, decent wages who, you know, they pay decent money for. So, of course, they are good at counter-attacking, which is something that we have to be very careful about, you know, creating chances through individual skill. They're very strong at that as well, because obviously they've got very good players coming back from losing positions. So we can never rest on our laurels as well. They use the wings a lot to attack. So, you know, this whole wing back thing will be very interesting for that game as well. And creating chances through, through balls is what they're good at, you know, but what they're not so good at in the air. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how we deal with that. I mean, notice I didn't even talk about the Charlie good situation, you know, the Charlie good scenario, (laughs) the old school Harley Dean situation. If in that, out, bring on a central defender to try and score you a goal which is uh, as I talked on the post-match podcast is a bit of a desperation move I think that we did you know where we brought Charlie Good on and his header as the spreadsheet Winker said wasn't the best header in the world but anyway but also avoiding individual errors and that's maybe if we kind of press them hard that's where we can get the Bournemouth as well and also stopping opponents from creating scoring chances so we could create chances we need to take them looking at that Laney does that give you a little bit more hope I've always got hope, you know, we, we do create, you know, apart from one or two games this season, we always create two or three really good chances. You know, let's not forget Ivan Tony. He he picked the spot that was the only place that the goalkeeper could save that shot uh, against Cardiff. You know, if he, he knocks it to the to the right, you know, to his right hand side, it's a goal all day long. It's an awful finish by Ivan Tony. And that's, you know, for someone that is almost like sacrilege to 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 criticise him because he's just done a ridiculous amount of good this season but you know it's another one you know that we win that game if he takes that chance so uh, we just yeah you're right we have to take the chances that we create and I think even more so against Bournemouth because they've got the ammunition to, to hurt us the other end you know against against Cardiff and against uh, Millwall you're kind of like you're confident knowing that they really they, they haven't got a lot 
to to chuck at us. And it's just you know if we if we don't make mistakes, we stand a chance. So we have we have to take our chances and make no mistakes. And if they score worldies against us, then you know they're capable of that as well. And it's probably nothing we can do um, sometimes. But uh, you know yeah, we just have to be we have to be the Brentford that that was at Deepdale two weeks ago, not not the Brentford that turned up at Coventry. We we know that the Jacqueline Hyde that's in this in this team. We have to we have to see us at our best. Definitely going to see ourselves at our best. So, Laney, match on Saturday. Give us a score prediction. Um, I'm going to go for another draw, I'm afraid. Oh. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Tell you something. You must have been you must have been opened my brain and looked exactly what I was saying because I'm going to go for a one-all draw as well. So, I thought, let's just hold it tight and let's see what happens if and when we meet in the playoffs. So, we're not going to go out too early and then give away too many secrets like you know what I'm saying lady but anyway listen this is the besotted pride of west london podcast good to get us off the chest again like I said to you didn't get the results that we wanted it's been a very long season I think you know Peter Gillam did a little post online at one stage he doesn't post very much online but he sort of tried to point out the fact that you know a lot of people have been giving the players a lot of jip a lot of jip and they talk about they want the manager out and this player out and they've been rubbish and all sorts of stuff and he just said you know you know the pandemic started you know 12 months ago we had a restart 10 months ago and he pointed out exactly how many play games that we played in that time and he was just saying look you know listen guys i know that you might be frustrated but it is the ridiculous amount of games that we've played in a very short space of time. We've had to rotate the team a lot. You know, we're playing against teams who have got a lot more money than us. They've got a lot more strength than us. He talked about financial fair play, I think, in inverted commas. Basically, I think he was saying <laughs> that there isn't much fair play in it because at the end of the day, we have to compete against people who've got lots more money than us, but we're still in there and we're still in the game. So I think we do get frustrated sometimes but listen we just need to muck on and you just never know this season isn't over yet so listen Laney it's good to chat to you and uh, I will catch up with you later yeah yeah I've enjoyed it mate yeah Um, come on you bees get get behind the team get behind the team for Saturday get behind the team on Saturday as we say come on you bees come on you bees The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.